If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show, right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. It would normally be a Redemption Thursday, but today we're going to treat it. Like a libations Friday, because tomorrow is the Jeff Cameron Show War Chant Invitational, in which uh, good times will be had by all, and a lot of money raised for charity, which is a good thing. Always a good thing, and made possible by you guys and our great sponsors. So, kind of a loosey-goosey fun day. Plus, we got all this great news. Man, the last 24 hours, Tom, 48 hours have been awesome, and I predicted most of it. Golly, this is... The kind of greatness you guys have grown uh, accustomed to from the Jeff Cameron show in general. Uh, but sometimes I outdo myself. And uh, I did it again yesterday and into today. So I want to celebrate that fact. In a way, we're celebrating the charity. We're celebrating our good fortune on the offensive line. And we're celebrating me. In a lot of ways, we're celebrating me. Uh, oh, think, great. Well, think about the, the, the things I've overcome this week to be on the air, to find a way to navigate these waters, to, to put up with the nonsense and to uh, and to deliver the goods, whoo! That's doing some things, baby. That's what happens when you remain focused. When you don't get off track with nonsense, and you don't worry about peons, and you just stay locked in, Tom. Well, I just want to make sure that we respond. You know the way that we need to respond. One <laughs> percent better every day. Oh man, yeah, it's weird not having to cover practice. We're not uh, having to kind of try to read between the lines and all that good stuff. I'll get to. Um, Amarius uh, Mims uh, here in a second, which is uh, exci- Who's that? exciting news. Um, big time offensive lineman. And if you think about, you know, what we've talked about, the need, like the second spring ended, Tom, we talked about, okay, what did we learn? What was it we were, you know, worried about? What was it we were expecting in the transfer portal? What we anticipate happening uh, from now until the start of fall camp? And we talked about, I think almost universally, I, I don't know of anybody that went to these practices, certainly not at War Champ, but anybody for that matter who was a, a regular participant in covering the spring that didn't think they needed to go and add an offensive lineman. And, you know, that, that was an area that, unfortunately, some guys that they're working in there just, in my estimation, you know, I mean, Norvell and Atkins might disagree with me, uh, but 
they're not on the show right now. I am, and I'm paid for my opinion. In my estimation, that those guys did not take the step forward that they wanted them to or needed them to. Maybe took a step forward, but I don't think that they're ready for prime time is a way of describing that. Well, that they didn't fortify the ranks. No, not at all. You know, that you didn't right, walk away yeah. out of camp with like eight people that you say, okay, so if we lose no. one here, we're good. If we lose one there, we're good. We got, you know, in a pinch, maybe two guys go down on a yeah, Thursday. Right. We're fine on Saturday. Nah, no, nah, not quite. Not quite. I didn't even walk out of there thinking they had solidified six. Right. So I that was of grave concern. And, you know, it's interesting because all of a sudden Georgia becomes the place, the fertile grounds to recruit, right? I mean, that, that's it. It's the runoff. In a weird way, you know, this is something we've talked about a lot, too. If you think about an Alabama or you think about Georgia lately, obviously you're reigning national champions, and this was a long time coming, you saw the way – that Kirby was recruiting and how, I mean, we were all floored uh, at first and clearly he had taken what he learned at Alabama, uh, the Nick Saban methodology, doing everything that's necessary to procure commitments and getting um, the kind of support behind the scenes that you need to go the extra mile to bring in the best and most talented players in the country consistently. That was on display in Athens. It was happening. And we entered into this new realm where, obviously, this, this crazy transformation was being had here in Tallahassee as well in a negative way. And it was very frustrating for us to watch the ascension of Georgia and the decline of Florida State, coupled with some other schools. Obviously, Alabama's been doing this a long time, but you've seen it elsewhere, too. And then enter name, image, likeness. And suddenly the landscape shifted forever, the way you do business, the way that you cover recruiting, the way that you talk about players and uh, business changed forever. Right. The way we do business used to be the way we do business, everybody. Nobody yeah, look. Right, now it's, right, yeah. this is the way we do business. Yeah, here. I used to joke about the drugs, money, hose thing, and it was always kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, I mean, none of us were, uh, you know, immersed head in sand. We understood that at certain locations that, in fact, was absolutely happening, and things got done the way they needed to get done. Now it can be above board, and you have to be in a market where you're competitive and capable uh, to act quickly. You know, And what we were lamenting most recently wasn't that we were losing out on these recruits, which we were to, to some extent, but that we also didn't seem to have a game plan. We really didn't seem to have what was necessary in place to make a run at guys like Amarius Mims and others where you say you got to give yourself a fighting chance. And I thought it was very telling last week during the media blitz that Rising Spear did. Certainly we had a very good talk. Um, I thought that uh, our, our conversation, Mr. Bart, Mr. Quigley, was very insightful. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I know Wake Up Warchant did one as well, and those guys spoke to a lot of the outlets that cover Florida State, obviously. They were getting themselves out front and center. And I thought the messaging was spot on, which was that, you know, we can't afford to think the way that we used to. We have to think about in terms of dollars. And you don't have to like it. You don't have to embrace it. You don't have to think that this is good for college football or that long-term this is going to benefit the game or any of those things. What you can't do is sit idly by as you're being lapped and put nothing in place that gives you a fighting chance to compete. And when do they get tested and how quickly do they get tested? Well, it happened a week later. I mean, here we have the spring game, and no sooner does the spring game end, the first major test 
gets put in place for, at the very least, uh, an opportunity, however that gets presented these days, what's legal, what's not, and how you have to go about wording this. I don't concern myself as much about the legalities on the Jeff Cameron Show because I don't have to. I don't have to. They do. Universities do. I don't. You are a results-oriented entity. When it comes to bringing players in, I am very much a results-oriented pontificator. I would like to know which players are coming and which players are not based on our competitive offers, however they were offered and when. You make the sausage over there. Yeah, You guys want to talk about inducements and all that nonsense, you go right ahead. I'm a realist. I'm pragmatic. I live in this world. You're over there in fantasy land while I'm trying to win some damn games. Luckily, it looks like, to me, just an outside observation, Tom, that they're trying to win some games around here. Looking like we're trying to win some games. You may recall all those years ago when I introduced that phrase on the Jeff Cameron Show, which was, I don't know what you all are doing concerning yourself with other people and nonsense like that. I'm trying to win some games around here. So you do whatever you have to do to win some games around here. And I think it looks like, without question, Florida State is efforting to win some games around here, and that is the way it ought to be. That is the way it ought to be. So when you see that huge splash and you read about an offensive tackle like Amarius Mims transferring to Florida State, you think, all right, we are enacting the game plan. Yeah, what's interesting is it was basically the completing of the puzzle last night, and I think like most people out there, I was going to bed. I was turning in. I was already in bed. 10 whatever. I was already in bed, buddy. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. You know, I check the old uh, news wire just in case. You know, just in case something comes up and then we got to get on the group chat within the uh, the company and it's like, hey, big news. <laughs> I'm going to let and, you in on a secret. Yeah. I don't check it. Yeah, I'm sure you don't. I go to bed. Yeah, I know. That's that's <laughs> the worst kept secret ever. <laughs> so then I'll I look you know. and I see Warchan is tweeting, what's, oh my God. Yeah. Like, look at this. Yeah, you should have woke your boy up. So then I, well... No, you yeah. know, I'm again, resting up. I'm it's, resting the, up. it's the secret that's not kept very well. I'm like, he's, he wants to go to bed. Yeah. And if you were up, it would have been out. You would have quote tweeted first thing. But I put the Kristoff thing from Truman Show. That's yeah. my quote tweet where he goes. Yeah. And he's pondering. And he's like, what in the world? All right, all right. Well, I, I immediately thought it looks like Rising Spears got their game in order. Right. Well, the that's conversation that we had yesterday was complete the square. He really loves Alex Atkins, so much so he considered Florida State more than he should have for what we were as a program at that time. Mm -hmm. They wanted at least come by here. We knew that much yesterday on the air that the visit was likely to happen, and you know, on the short list was Florida State. Well, let's make sure that everything is competitive across the board about what we are. Yeah, they did, and apparently that's the case here. Yeah, and I and I think the what's weird is we're it's the dawn of a new era, and it's one in which nobody knows how to act, whether that is behaviorally or many other realms in which we discuss players, the movement of players, a university's role, a coach's job, uh, obviously other entities that now get involved in the game of recruiting because they have to, because that's the new landscape. And what happens is, I think, as the machinations play out, you know, there's a lot of confusion, and I think there will be henceforth. I mean, we said this on signing day. Uh, let's go back to Travis Hunter, who I asked the guys at Rising Spear about specifically, and they answered that question very specifically, I might add, to their credit. They had a deal in place for an energy drink uh, sponsorship for Travis Hunter and others, and it was lucrative, very lucrative. Uh, amazing. Like, listen to this out loud. 
you know, just again, say these words out loud. Here you were talking about a high school recruit, and you had lined up a very lucrative deal for him if he came to Florida State. If he came to Florida State. And, you know, that's how this becomes vested, right? You have to be here on campus. You have to enroll. You have to then begin the process of earning the deal that could be in place right. if you there sign. is no non-refundable deposit inducements right. type right. deal it's you got to get here and do what you're supposed to do and and if that happens and if that happens we yeah, have some right. things in there place for is. you yeah so we have to do the dance and talk about this and all that it's nice and delicate it's stupid is what it is it's um it really is silly i mean i i hate the kind of red tape we deal with in any number of walks of life and i also hate uh not speaking bluntly on issues or straightforwardly about uh, what something is or is not, but I get the legalities and all of that. Uh, But the point is they had something in place, and then obviously there was a much greater offer in place that you find out later on. And it was just the other day we were talking about how weird this situation becomes, because when that happened, when Travis Hunter decided not to come to Florida State and, and, and went with Dion. I remember thinking, and we talked about it that day, signing day. It was a big day for us. We did a tremendous job on Warchant of covering signing day and covering the events of that day. Um, but I remember coming on and saying, you know, it's such a different time. It, it, you don't have to like it, but the bottom line is now you can't even resent the kid. Like as much as you want to, as much as you want to maybe badmouth the kid, maybe you think it's a bad look, maybe you think it's disrespectful, whatever you thought, the bottom line is I remember saying if that's my kid, Somebody offers him $2 million, $3 million, whatever it could be, you know, and, and it's a better deal and it's life-changing money, uh, I would tell him to take it. I'd, t- I'd tell him to take it. That's just the way it's going to be. And I thought forevermore, this process, this convoluted and even more convoluted process of attempting to get kids to come play football for your school is going to be uh, really just a landmine, a field with with landmines that you're just going to have to try to hop around and tiptoe and hope like hell it doesn't blow up in your face because what you're dealing with is this idea of, okay, in place is this, allegedly, in which if you come to this school, we've got you covered. We know that similar such deals may be offered at some of the other schools that are anticipating your services and want you to come to their school. So everybody's lining up these things, and they're very careful about how they talk about it, depending on the state that they're in and what those laws are. And obviously the university is like, uh, you know, but they have, they, you know, they're, they're sitting over there scared, biting their fingernails. Coaches are kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I need the information out there, but I can't, I, you know, I, I, I'm not talking to you. You know, all this sort of thing, right? And it's ridiculous. We're all just dancing around it. Well, I said on that day, When's the next time anybody is going to truly know and get excited about anything in regards to players? Like, until you see him in a uniform lined up on a Saturday, I guess you could argue until he's enrolled officially. But, you know, like you're going – because even then, and I will make this point because I do believe it would not be shocking in the slightest, and I know of plenty of people who believe it's going to go down this way. Are you going to be shocked if Travis Hunter plays for Florida State someday? You're going to be shocked if he plays certainly for anybody else 
Um, anybody else would not be shocked. Here, given the way he handled it, there's two different things mm. there. If you're taking a better offer, okay, understandable. 100% yeah, understandable. you don't have to throw the hat or anything else, right? Well, you don't have to stop communicating towards the end, too. You can. Nah, you, he could have announced I, it any time. That's yeah, Dion at work, and that's him listening to Dion. Instead, I mean... Yeah, Jackson, but I'm going to argue something here. Jackson State would have gotten, I mean, gobs of exposure if he announced it on November 30th. Yeah, yeah, but I, what I'm going to say is this. I Coaches, I'm only speaking... From my observation of coaches, can no longer afford. It used to be commonplace oh, right. where guys would badmouth players. Yeah. They'd badmouth the process. They would talk about you know a lack of character. They would do all those things. Sometimes publicly, sometimes behind the scenes, sometimes both. They really can't afford to do it anymore. I mean, it's a different deal. Not only are you recruiting guys up to the last second with the knowledge that somebody could come sweeping in and grab a guy out from under you, even though you had a deal in place, which is what happened with Travis Hunter, right? You, you, that that's that can happen. It can. It's it's the witching hour. You're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, and you never know. And so I'm talking about people who consume this stuff and in are entrenched in it. Like none of those people who are diehard recruitniks are ever going to trust anything ever again. They're always going to believe that the other shoe is on the verge of dropping. And I can't blame them. I understand that. I they don't think that what they know is truly what they know. They're like, well, I th- maybe because nobody had rung the bell louder for Florida State than that kid. That kid was. I mean. He was a fan. Yeah, zero oh, and four. He was still talking about him. Uh, yeah. A fan. He made bets with people online that he would definitely go nowhere else, and that if he did, he'd pay these people this amount of money. It was crazy. So you got a guy adamantly saying, "I'm going here to the tune of I'll bet you," <laughs> which is crazy, right? And then he didn't come here. So the level of anger and distrust and fear, it is omnipresent in that community. It is omnipresent amongst Noel fans because we were the victims of the ultimate spur. You know, that that hurts to be spurned like that, to have that happen. And I think it carries over to Amarius Mims. I think it carries over to anybody, anybody, anybody you think you have to have and that you are likely going to get the information is solid, whatever that might be, until they see that kid in a uniform or at the very least enrolled, it is to be doubted. It is to not be believed. It is to be distrusted amongst those that were on the wrong end of the ultimate bend over, which is what we all were on signing day. Okay. It's all right. Everybody needs a hug. I get it. I get it. So we'll wait until he's officially enrolled before we. <sighs> I don't even know. Then. I'm not. I'm not. In in this but. day and age, I don't even know then because if he plays a couple of good games, you go. Oh no, he's back on the well, market. Okay. To but actually, all jokes aside, you have to re-recruit your own players. You absolutely have to re-recruit your own players every year. A coach now, and I don't feel sorry for them, especially the ones that are making three, four, five million dollars a year. They have to re-recruit their own roster every year for fear that somebody is clearly in violation of NCAA rules, which don't freaking exist. And that is, your guys are being contacted, I promise you. And our guys better be contacting players like Amarius Mims while they're enrolled at Georgia playing for Georgia. 
Our coaches had better be talking to the best players in the country whom they recruited and then chose another location. I hope we're on the phone with them. It's like a guy talking to your girl, man. You have the hottest girl in the world. You know damn well dudes are checking her out, sliding into DMs and everything else. Now, hopefully you're secure in what you've got going on, but it is one eye kind of, what are we doing around here, everybody? You're nervous all the time. The opinions expressed on the Jeff Cameron Show are not necessarily those of Florida State Athletics and the coaching staff. Without, never have been. Never have been. So it's exciting that you're going to be able to bring in a tackle of this quality and to alter what's possible for this group offensively. I mean, it's no... Mims suits up on day one, first game, Duquesne. LSU, okay, let's say that happens. Say it happens. Nothing crazy happens to change what we know to be true now. Get him out after a quarter. Seen enough. (laughs) The point would be, that happens, man, and, and you've secured that. You're in a position to, I mean, I know, uh, I know last night I exchanged a, a tweet exchange with Jason Staples, I've known forever, um, and, you know, he mentioned, he's like, I, I think it's a, a wins above replacement of two games. Now, you could debate that and argue that, but given what I think of this offensive line, I don't think he's far off. I think they have the, it's potentially a full game, certainly, that, that can be won by a player of this magnitude. When you consider what we're rolling out there on the offensive line compared to what he is, Yes, it is a game changer. So understandably, there are a lot of people on pins and needles, a lot of people dealing with the new norm. It's very difficult, very difficult to know what's what and how to handle information. And, you know, I think more than anything, I will say this, that I, Irish Chaffel is the most reputable reporter in Tallahassee. So I don't worry about that part of it. I mean, this is a guy who is a journalist. So... He stands by his story, and that's exciting to me because if he stands by his story, knowing what the way that I know Ira, uh, a man of great principle and character, and more importantly, an understanding of journalistic integrity and ethics, uh, you know, I've lamented over the years on this show specifically the loss of journalism in our culture, and we see what how it manifests, right? Um, you can be wrong about something, you can be right about something, but there's a process where there are rules to journalism. We both know them. Um, it's why forever people trusted it. Even when they had second thoughts or something changed, if you believe that somebody adhered to the rules of journalism that they learned in college and got a degree and pursued, right, then you knew, well, they followed the process, they double-sourced, they did this and that. I mean, that's about the best you can do. And if anything changes, then it changes, but you know the process was adhered to. And I know that's true of Ira, so I don't worry about that. Um, and that gets me excited about Amarius Mims starting for Florida State at some point. And that's, um, that's a game changer, guys. It's a game changer uh, because this is uh, an area, how long have we been desperately worried and concerned about the offensive line? I mean, when we argue about what's possible, it usually has to do with shades of the line is this or that. Meaning, okay, let's take the Venn diagram. There's ass, sorry. There's sorry, and there's butt-ass average. You know, like, where are they in this thing? And it was never good. Like, at no point does the circle come across good. You know, we were never living in there. No, that was orbiting the other circles. <laughs> it's well outside. Yeah, it was very frustrating, right? We could never, like, can we just plant FSU in the good? Nope, can't do it, Jeff, can't do it. 
Best you can hope for is butt-ass average. All right, I'd like to shade more. Gradient there, that little bit more. That'd be good. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. On this day, Tom Lang, you probably already know, maybe you read it. But uh, on this day in 1912, uh, the miracle of ingenuity, the White Star Liner Titanic sank. Did you know that? I did not know that. It was on this day, buddy. 1,503 people died. And think what we know it as today. A love story. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how... Crying as they watch. Hollywood did that, and then they tried to do that to Pearl Harbor, too, with that awful movie. Didn't see it. With, Look, uh, looked like, with Ben Affleck? Yeah. Looked like the worst movie ever made, and so I stayed away. Yeah, outside of the battle sequence, you got that right. Um, yeah. No, there's a, there's a famous book called A Night to Remember uh, that does a better job of uh, documenting the Titanic sinking because it was uh, written at a time closer to the events. Uh, the further one gets away, the more romanticized that all gets and, and everything. Uh, can you imagine, though, real quick, and I'll get back to uh, the, the story at hand. Um, can you imagine being uh, the guy that sat in what's called the crow's nest up there? Um, you know, looking about, his name was Frederick Fleet. Great name to, uh, to be the one who spotted the iceberg. And they say that it was like, still as glass and so like you would see this thing and, and it's pitch black and the stars are out and it's magnificent and he's standing watch and people are asleep and he's got his binoculars it's cold as hell i'd have had a little nip up there tom i gotta tell you there's no chance you certainly know, after uh, seeing the iceberg well, yeah, i'd yeah, had a little bit more well, yeah so my man is looking he's like what is that is that a you know how you're driving along on the interstate when it's pitch black somewhere remote you're like is that a cat what is what is that up there? So he's he's doing that only on the open ocean, the Atlantic. What is that? Ooh, we got an issue here. That's a toughie. So you got to ring the hell out of the bell, and then you got to radio down, and then the, the captain's got to say, what the hell? Maybe you're waking everybody up. What's going on with the bell? Dude, we got problems straight ahead. Straight ahead. This is boring. Where's Kate Winslet? <laughs> Frederick Fleet. And a night to remember. Uh, okay, so quickly, back to the to this. I have not checked intentionally, sometimes and oftentimes, whether it's this day or any other on the show. I don't spend a lot of time on the chat because I have a show to conduct. Wise plan. Wise plan. Dude. But I especially figured I shouldn't today, knowing that uh, emotions are running high one way or the other. Is there anything of uh, importance or... Uh, Something pertinent that we need to address. I know we, uh, Director Matthew monitors and others, uh, anything that we really actually should answer here in, actually, in the way of confusion. I'm kind of proud of the chat. There's a lot less riffing and raffing than there is on the social media sphere. On but there's Twitter, always, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean. Imagine you know. that, the toxicity of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right. 
but I mean, that, yeah, there's one elephant in the room that we can address too, which is the report that came out last night about 24-7 direct messaging, uh, Mims himself and Mims saying, I haven't committed anywhere yet at yeah, this time. Yeah. And be sure to get that out there or something, some facsimile of, of that kind of a sentiment. So oh, I don't, people yeah. are asking about that for clarification purposes. Yeah, okay, well. That's not unfair. That's not an unfair question at all, and I'm sure that uh, I'm not going to besmirch anybody at 247. We're friends with a lot of those guys, and I'm going to guess that uh, that they would stand by that report and that they – I don't think they made oh, it up. Oh, yeah. You're not right? going to craft a direct message out of nothing, though. Well, it would be strange. That'd right, be right. crazy. So I'm going to assume that they absolutely got that from the kid. I also know that Iris stands by his story and that the kid's coming, and so that's where we stand. I mean, there's really nothing to – to uh, yeah, confirm having, or deny there. No, having discussed everything with Ira today, you and I both had separate conversations with him. It's like, yeah, and? Yeah, and? I'm standing by my story. Yeah, yeah no, I, right. th- that's fine. Very well. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't, it's a weird time. I, I had somebody reach out to me, and I, I guess this was a familiar refrain on Twitter. Uh, I posted my little Richard Simmons gif that I am want to do, and, um, and then I got busy. I had a lot of stuff today. I got a real as an aside here, really quickly. Uh, our sponsors and dear friends at Barano Heating and Air Conditioning came through. Uh, I tweeted uh, the the GIF, and then went, "Damn it! There's a musty smell in my house. This is unacceptable. I'm calling Barano because I thought it stemmed from the air conditioning." So I got busy, Tom. And you know why I got busy? Because no sooner did I reach out to them than within the hour they had a guy there. Now, to be sure, I'm famous. And that probably helped expedite the process. But I'm not saying they wouldn't have shown up for the average Joe today either. They would have. They're guaranteed to. It's in their service plan. Found that out. I never had to adhere to that. I call the owner. But what I would tell you is that if you have the service plan, they come right out. So my guy was there within an hour, fixed everything. Perfect. Chilly in the Cameron household. Freezing. My dogs are looking at me. You know, you just described a service plan, and I'm thinking to myself, because, of course, I'm not thinking about Mims or anything like that. No, I'm excited about him Boy, walking for us. it must suck to be in the brochure business, you know? The brochure business was booming for decades, yeah. and now you don't really need a brochure. You just need a PDF. But I kept the brochure they gave me to show me the gold star right. plan that I have. The plans are in the brochure. Yeah, and I put it on the fridge for my wife to see. Yeah, put that right there. Like, Look at all go. the homework I've done. Yeah, I got that, you a brochure. Look at that brochure. I'm a responsible husband. Now, you got to do the wife thing and make the call. But, uh, you know, I, I put up there what we're supposed to do. Now, you get your ass in the kitchen and call. Yeah, verbatim. Now, I'm sure that's exactly how it went. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but anyhow, I got busy. And let me go back to my last point. Apparently, things blew up on a, on a social media platform known as Twitter. And people got angry. There are people who are angry, and somebody mentioned to me, I, I guess they saw that, and then I got a text. And that text was, are you worried that you stole the kid's moment? And I answered, no. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I want to thank Gordos and Bumpas for their support of the Jeff Cameron Show and the Jeff Cameron Show Invitational, Jeff Cameron Show slash Warchan Invitational, sorry. 
they'll be present uh, tomorrow, and there'll be some smashes to be uh, partaken if one chooses on the uh, on the 18th uh, tee. There, that's their hole. Yes, the 18th tee is with the AR-15 golf ball launcher, and I talked to the vendor who is in charge of making sure that that is a safe process for everybody to hit. Well, not hit, but shoot 350 to 400 yard drives up the fairway with an AR-15. It's going to be a blast, Mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's going to be a a nice little setup there at 18. There's a whole lot of games here tomorrow uh, at Capital City Country Club for everybody. Can't wait for it. It looks like the weather forecast has aligned nicely. Knock on wood. Knock Knock on on wood. wood. We're still knocking on that wood. Yeah, but it's going to be a good day. I know phrasing. If this was a show for like only people over the age of 60, we wouldn't have had to worry yeah, about that. Yeah, but yeah, since yeah. it's you and me, <laughs> whoops. You know, I've never, prior to the last charity golf tournament that we played in, uh, I, I've never fired an AR-15. I've never held one. I've never even, I don't think I've ever even seen one. I mean, I've seen them on like videos or something like that, but I'd never, never held one. Uh, and so shooting one, well, I guess it's considered to be shooting one. I mean, you are shooting golf balls, not bullets, but... That was fun as hell. To all the golfers out there, here's a reminder for that. That uh, was so cool. If you've got just like an old top flight or something, bring that. That's what yeah. they say at the tee box. Just don't use a Pro V. Use, oh, use a rock. But then they rock. but then they tell us, yeah, that some golf balls fly better. Like the newer golf balls don't fly as well because right. they're yeah, they're more malleable, uh, softer or whatever. So you want you want a sorry golf ball. Yep. Hard, top flight. Pin- pinnacle you, gold from back in the day. Sorry ass. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Any of those Nike balls sucked. So if you have any of those <laughs> left over, you can you can grab them as well. That's interesting. Most of them did. I was okay. All of them with, sucked. Okay. Well, I was okay with In the mojo. Opinion, I was okay with the mojo ball. I wasn't. If you hit a mojo right now, you'd be like, "This ball does suck." You're right. Well, technology. No, I mean, if saying. I hit a wooden wood, I'd say this club sucks. Persimmon. Yeah. <laughs> a Dunlop, 1982. That's what my dad had. Boy, I missed the hell out of Dunlop having a high-profile spot. In terms of tires and golf balls and tennis rackets and all that stuff, long gone are the days where Dunlop ruled that realm. I think in my garage is still the uh, the one wood, as they used to say. I'll bring it tomorrow if we would just want to hit uh, for giggles on one of the holes. Certainly wouldn't count for our scramble score. No. So, good times. Looking forward uh, to tomorrow and throughout today's show, we will, of course, thank our many sponsors and supporters, as well as get out in front of thanking everybody who signed up with a golf you know, a team and, and participating and aiding to our efforts to uh, raise a lot of money for the second harvest. So uh, we really appreciate that, and I, and I look forward to it. Now, I want to get back to what MIMS means, and, and the reason I do is if you think about what you can then do from a shuffling standpoint, Tom, um, say MIMS is enrolled and we move forward the way we think we're going to. You, you can, you know, that, that problem that you had in which you were efforting to get Lloyd Willis up to speed goes away. And you now have the ability to take a, a, a strength, which meaning one of your five that you were going to have to start, whether they were in position or not, they were one of your best five from a technical standpoint, physical standpoint, athleticism, whatever it might be. And now you've got a little bit of leeway, a margin for error, and obviously depth is added, but you have the ability to mix and match a little bit more. And you do so with somebody you know to be, in all, I mean, you're talking about six, seven, three hundred and thirty pounds that can move. My God, let that just simmer. 
six seven three thirty for that ass. Hmm. Doing some things. God forbid you were to get another kid like that somewhere along the line. Now we're playing big boy football. No, I wouldn't stop here. Oh no, no. This would be part of a parade of big bad sons of bitches rolling in here. Well, the good thing is too that um, you know if this moves forward and we get to fall camp and there's Mims trotting out onto the practice fields. Now you have four viable tackles that you feel good about. Well, I, I, there are some people you call tackles, Tom, that I'm not so sure are well, Darius, legit tackles. Well, Darius Washington may not be in a, from a size profile, but I mean, he and graded I don't think out. He projects as a tackle. I don't care about that. If he could play tackle here in a pinch I'm and saying, he can play okay, that's fine. I like fine. having NFL tackles oh, on my roster. Okay. And right, you're bringing in an NFL tackle. Give me an NFL top five pick at quarterback, please. Of course, but you're you're now. I mean, it's more realistic to be able to think you can get somebody that that more resembles the prototype of a tackle. And I think you know, as opposed to bringing in you know, obviously, you know, name your first pick in the draft quarterback over the last few years. I mean that that's so six seven three thirty. You get something along those lines. You shift guys over. And you have a tackle playing tackle, not a guard playing tackle. You know, so you you've right. you've done some things now. But I'm I'm just talking about the depth. If you suffer an injury, then you're okay because Bless can step in and play right for you. You know, I think it, Bless is going to start. And Robert Scott moves to the inside. Mm-hmm. So then left to right, it would be Mims, Gibbons, Lyles, probably. Maybe I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I, I was hoping there would have been more a, out yeah. of him. Just speaking only about the spring game, would have liked to see That's more it. reps with the ones in the spring game. Yeah, from, no, from we didn't see enough yeah. from Caden Lyles this spring. I'm, I'm, they're probably bringing him along slowly. There is the whole matter of having to figure out the verbiage as well as the scheme, and it's not something you instantly understand and are cohesive with, especially if you're nursing any sort of bangs, bumps, and bruises or injuries. So you have some limitations in spring that might answer for why we didn't see him as often as we thought we should, certainly didn't see him as often as we should running with the ones. So to me, if he gets up to speed and he's healed up, he's physically the guy you'd like to see play center. Because Maurice isn't big enough, still. He looks exactly like he did at the end of last year. They got to get him on the right nutritional plan. So that said, you would love, yes, Gibbons, Lyles, and Robert or Rob, I mean, so I, now now we're talking about the ability yeah, to juggle. You could do it this way: your tackles. Then, if you're if you're hypothesizing that it's bless at right, so your tackles are Mims and Harris, and then your guards in either position are Gibbons and Scott or somebody. They're competing, right? That's it. Could be Derek. Right. I mean, now you're competing. Yeah, because that's the one thing, and I, I don't personally. If it's not Robert Scott, and again, it's this cross-training thing. It's not that easy to go from interior to, to outside in the offensive line. But I, I would still feel like right guard needs attention. It still does. It needs more proof. Yeah, but now all of a sudden you throw more bodies but if the Scott, problem. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. No, it gets very, very enticing. It suddenly changes everything about what you are up front, what you're capable of. Obviously, time to sit in the pocket a little bit here. you got somebody guarding your blind side that is a prototypical NFL tackle. That's a that's a game changer, my friend. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. 
Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Still trying to get that pool in shape. You got time, but it's of the essence. Let's go. There's nothing wrong with asking for a little help from our friends Terry's Pool Service. Summer is nearly here. Your family is expecting to see a backyard paradise. Get it together. Can't have green water and yellow pollen, a collection of who knows what in the corner of your pool. You'll need help. You'll need to do so quickly. Call Terry's Pool Service. They'll save your pool. Check them out at Terry's Pool net. That's terryspools.net. Or give them a call today, 850-580-7334. Never know when you'll need them. And they stepped up when we needed them. They're helping sponsor the Jeff Cameron Show War Chant Invitational that takes place tomorrow. Pittsburgh and West Virginia, for what it's worth, will renew their rivalry for a four-season run beginning September the 1st, having added four additional games to the backyard brawl, as it's known. Boy, I wondered what Heather Dinich did with her time, and now I know. Home-and-home agreement spans the 2022-2025 seasons. She's the one who wrote the story, if you're wondering why I added that, with Pitt hosting this year and in 2024. I like all these rivalries. I like all these traditions. I don't like that many of them have gone away for a variety of reasons with the shifting landscape of college football. So I report this because I am legitimately happy that that's going to take place. I wish Oklahoma, which is now doubtful since they're going to join the SEC, not this year but next. Anyhow, the point would be I'd like them to play Nebraska every year. It sucks that they don't. All right, here's a random question for you. In about five years' time, so call it football season 2027, does the ACC as we know it exist? Or are we living in a world where you have Power 5 football under some kind of name and there's a collection of teams regionally and you got a commissioner and it's just a completely different world? What were the dates on your question? 2027. you got five years. And I did that on purpose because I believe the current college football playoff agreement goes out in 26. Will the ACC exist? As we know it. Maybe not as we know it, no. But it might, there uh, that, might be a name There, the there is going to be an ACC for the other sports, yes. Okay. The ACC will exist for track and soccer and those kinds of things. Um, and the ACC will exist in some capacity regardless. We might not be in the ACC, or we might be a part of something grander of which you're referencing, which is this new idea of uh, uh, the, new, the, the, the dawn of the new day of college football, where it is obviously a... Uh, very much for-profit endeavor in which players are paid. I mean, we have to be getting there. There's going to be a bubble. I think there's a new car smell to this for boosters who might have been queasy about these types of proceedings before, but now NIL brings them in the fold. There's always been the booster who's down. But now you're getting boosters and fans. <laughs> booster who's down. I'm down. Right. I'm down right. with the cause. Right. Whatever you need. Yeah. Right. Bagman? Yeah. I've got several. Yeah, let's go. Don't ask them what they do for me. Here's what they can do for you. But I would think there'd be a bubble in a few years' time when they say, again, I've got to open up the checkbook again for this kid or this next one. Right. And what happens at that point? I think that's when the appetite, maybe not immediately, there already is somewhat of an appetite, but I would think there'd be an overwhelming between administrators, coaches, and fans' appetite for reclassification and let's just put this stuff and re- you know, regulate it to hell. You know, I really want that to happen uh, for a couple of reasons. Wouldn't you derive a certain amount of joy of separating big boy football, for-profit, players paid, different set of circumstances and things that are to be gained or lost, um, and, and have that rendered very clear. Okay, so we know what I'm. We, we know what we're watching here. We know what we're a part of. We know what this is. We know what it's all about. 
And you have that, and it's played on Saturdays like it always has been, and you're like, okay, in essence, it's semi-pro the way it's really kind of been moving for a very long time. It's, it's, it's this thing. And then there are all the groups of other teams out there that are playing the more traditional form of football, the, the classic, the way we wished it once was or used to be or should be forevermore but hasn't been in a long time, however you want to say it, uh, the Ivy League model or something along those lines, over here. And those games exist too, and those – championships exist and those bowl games exist so if you're watching i don't know which teams would opt in or out let's say but let's say virginia doesn't opt in i think they will but let's say they don't and they're taking on byu well they'll, they'll both those teams are going to opt in it's a bad example but the point would be you get it several teams will not have mac teams aren't going to be able to right. beat boston college ohio bobcats there you go let's get it on let's go i mean you'll watch this other set football you'll love it it's fine it's the more uh, traditional manner of scholarships and the like, and that's what we'll do. I saw this idea on the boards the other day on the War Champ boards, and I was intrigued by it. What if the NFL was forced to create some sort of semi-pro or minor league system, and then you could somehow not fully return to the way we've been in college football, but then a kid has a choice coming out of high school. Maybe they're yes. not ready for the NFL three years. Yeah, the right-to-work thing, yeah. Right. But then, yeah, so they have a choice where they can truly get paid, and it's about assessing performance no, and all that like stuff. the G League or the D League or right. whatever else. There's yeah. still NIL here, but it's you know tampered way down. Same for minor league baseball as opposed to going to college and, and, and right. coming out of high school in baseball, yeah. Could you see, I mean, that might be an interesting world to live in as well, where, all right, I've got this semi-pro for teens league, and then I've got the NFL, and then I've got my school. And then, you know, the schools play by these rules now. Now we're done. Now we're done with all this other stuff. Yeah, I think we know that we're in for changes that are very difficult to project, to predict. There's so many other aspects off the football field that we would have to iron out, figure out who, who governs a league like that, how does it work. You know, I mean, there which networks are paying for it, which streaming platforms are going to carry it, how much money is there. In, you know, I mean, there's so much to figure out there. It feels like a fundamental change is coming with, like, covering this on the ground. Oh, without question, yeah. Overwhelmingly so. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with you.